The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Cody Birch from CodyBirch.com. I'm pleased what his name was, otherwise his website would have been senseless, wouldn't it? <laughs> Before we get into this great conversation, we've got something that we'd love to give you completely for free. Obviously, you want to make more sales from your email marketing. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're all here. But you can't make sales from your emails if people aren't clicking in the links to take a look at the things you've got to sell and go to the sales pages or the webinars or the challenges or whatever. So if you want to get more people clicking on the links to, frankly, where wherever you want to send them, you want to make sure that you're mixing it up so they always look and feel different. And that's why we've put together 12 really creative ways that you can get more clicks from every email that you send, starting from the very next email you send, like the next one you send right after this. In a new download we've put together called Click Tricks. It's yours totally free as a listener of this podcast. All you have to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks and you can get it from there. He thinks avocado might be the food equivalent of the emperor's new clothes. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he wears a waistcoat even when he hasn't got any video calls. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. All right, then, avocados. I'd rather not avocado. Uh, hey. um, I think I think, um, I think everybody just is pretending to like it because everyone else is pretending to like it. I honestly think one day somebody once I took a picture of it, put it on Instagram. It, it's a very Instagrammable food, isn't it? We've smashed avocado on mm. toast. And since mm. then, everyone on Earth, except me, who likes it, has said... Um, oh yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? While secretly feeding it to the dog or something, because it's vile. I have this, I have this vision, right? That on a morning, like a really good episode of Wallace and Gromit, the the bed stands you up, and a thing comes in with a waistcoat on it, and like this little device picks you up, and I don't know how international Wallace and Gromit is. We'll find out from Cody in a second, but like picks you up and like puts you into a waistcoat, and there you are, set for the day. And you go off and make, uh, make a cup of other tea. Other people have said to me that they imagine that I like sleep in like a mould, so that my hair's in the right place, and I'm, I'm in a waistcoat at all times, and I'm I'm just like something from a Marvel film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Hello, by the way, we are a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who love giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you. May Make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Now, hang on, just because we've got somebody from the league here doesn't mean you can flip and bang on about this email marketing Wednesday thing. Anyway, if you haven't already, if you're brand new to the show, you're wondering what the hell this email marketing Wednesday thing is. It's every Wednesday. It's when you do email marketing. That's when you think about it and work on it. But make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player so you don't miss out on an episode because we do this. We do this every single email marketing wednesday actually as you're listening to this i'd love to know that this is the episode specifically that you're listening to right now so take a screenshot of the podcast or take a selfie stick it on instagram tag us at rob and kennedy you can tag cody in a minute when he tells you what your instagram what his instagram is but tag us all uh, and we'll share it and give you a bit of instagram love because i'd really love to see that you're listening to this episode specifically Mm, so we thought we'd tell you why so many people are switching to keep 
as their email marketing automation platform. You see, we've been using Keep as our platform of choice for more than 12 years each and have four accounts between us because it allows you to manage your contacts, build amazing email automations, and run your whole marketing and sales system all in one place. And with their new swanky user interface, it is extremely intuitive. They're sponsoring this episode of the Email Marketing Show. And to get you going even faster with your new shiny Keep account, we're going to give you our subscriber re-engagement campaign and our objections handling campaign that we call the Interrogator, all bundled up, all ready to go, already set up inside of your new Keep campaign just for taking a free trial of Keep through our special link. So if you go to emailmarketingheroes.com slash keep today, you'll be able to get a free account of Keep, have a play around with it, see why we love it, why so many people love it, and have those campaigns already set up to go. Go to emailmarketingheroes.com slash keep. Amazing. So, Cody, welcome to the Email Marketing Show. Welcome. It's good to be here. And I use Keep as well. I've used it for 11 or 12 years. I love it so much. I became a Keep certified partner about 10 years ago, and I haven't looked back. Amazing. Wow, there you go. More endorsements. So, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the show, Cody. Obviously, we've uh, we've known each other for a little while now, um, and because you're a member of the league, you have been for a while. But tell us a bit about what it is that your business is and what it is that you do. Yeah, I help course creators and membership site owners launch their programs out to the world with funnels and Facebook ads. And I do that through some agency done-for-you work. I do it through a membership. I do it through a bunch of courses. And I used to host live events around that as well. And I know those are coming back uh, this year. I've got a few dates on the calendar. I'm excited to welcome people back in person to teach those concepts live as well. But that's what I do. I love it. Now, obviously, you teach marketing. You teach the same kind of people that we teach to do all of this. So this this is an interesting question. At what point in that journey, you said you've had Keep for quite a long time. Um, what point in your journey did you get started actually using email in your business? Yeah, so I started my business about five and a half years ago, and I started just doing done-for-you work. It, it paid the best. I didn't really have a structure or a funnel or an email list or a presence on the internet, but I did know a few people, and I had a skill set that was painful enough that they would pay well for me to solve that problem for them. So I'd create their Facebook ad campaigns or create their sales funnels for them. And then about a year later, I got a, a Dean Jackson. I was on talking to him once, and he said, you got to write a book about your process. What's your process? And we gave it a name, and I wrote a book. I called it The One-Hour Funnel because I was tired of seeing people getting bogged down with letting it take forever to make their online lead capture system. So thanks to Dean Jackson's nudging, I wrote a book called The One-Hour Funnel, and that is what was the start to me collecting email addresses because I used it mainly. I think I've sold uh, 60 in five years on Amazon, not to brag, but I've given away like 7,000 <laughs> copies of that book. It's been one of my biggest list builders that I've used for years and years and years. And so that's when it all started. And I realized then I had to figure out, I had the ad stuff down, I had the funnel stuff down, and I was kind of ignoring my email list. Oh, really? So what was that? What was the big barrier for you to actually engage that email list? I think that I thought the emails had to be perfect. And so I wanted people to receive my email, maybe print it, maybe put it on the refrigerator, maybe tell their kids about it, maybe gather their grandchildren together someday and say, I got this email back in 2016 <laughs> from this guy named Cody about funnels and I, it's changed my life. And so I let that pressure make me send emails sporadically. If I had something to promote, I would send some emails about it. Then I would take a week or two off until I thought of something else to promote. And the list was growing and I just wasn't really taking care of it. I wasn't nurturing it. I wasn't comfortable doing it. And honestly, in hindsight, I think it was that fear of it not feeling perfect 
in perfect prose or perfect subject line or perfect open rates. I wasn't exactly quite sure what to do. And even though the front end of that whole system was working well, the ads were working, they'd get clicks and conversions, landing pages would convert at a high rate. And then I would send a couple emails to try to sell them something else kind of related to the thing they just downloaded. And that, if it worked, it was just random and lucky, but there wasn't a structure or a system or a strategy. And so I, that's when I found the league at some point and had to get better at this. I jumped into your I don't even, I'm trying to think back, how did we actually meet? I know I met Rob in a different community years ago, but I downloaded the daily email strategy. I think it was maybe the first start and I made it a couple weeks. I was skeptical because like, I know these guys are trained persuaders and I got to keep my guard up and see how long I can last before I buy their thing. And I think I made it now in hindsight, there's a campaign called the Golden Cloak. I think that's what got me and uh, caused me to join the league about, I think about a year ago. Ah, you found the secret. You've kind of hinted at this a little bit in terms of like what your email looked like before you came and, and sort of joined the league. I want to just dig into that a little bit more. So you would maybe send a couple of emails when you had something to promote and then take a few weeks off and then maybe find a different thing, either your own thing or an affiliate offer and, and I guess promote that again. Those emails, talk about what was in them, what did they look like, um, how many of them were there for a kind of typical promotion, that kind of thing. The emails I was sending, they definitely weren't story-based and they weren't personal. It was, hey, I've got this thing. Let's say I'm teaching a workshop or my buddy's teaching a workshop or I read this book and here's this book that I like or something like that. Sometimes they were Amazon affiliate links. Sometimes they were my own products that I was trying to promote, but there wasn't a lot of backstory or consistency with it. So I, I'm assuming that at some point people would open an email. They opted in a month or two or 10 months ago and realize, who's this guy again? What is... What happened? It's like when you order something on the internet, there's a company I ordered, we're used to Amazon, you know, one or two day delivery. I ordered something from some other website and I got a shipping notification and thought, I don't even know who this is from. I don't know what I bought. I don't know if it's for me or for my wife or my kids. I don't know what this is. I don't even remember this company and check my credit card. Oh yeah, I did buy something from them 45 days ago. Uh, but I'd forgotten about that. That's probably how my subscribers felt is who's this guy again? And what does he do? And how does it help me? And why should I keep opening these emails? And I think it was going it wasn't like it was going horrible. I was getting massive unsubscribes and I was getting a bunch of hate mail replies and that didn't happen. I was afraid that would happen, but that's not what happened. It just, they weren't, people weren't really opening and they weren't really clicking with consistency. And it was really a gap in my, in my marketing. I, I had, again, I had the front end stuff, but the emails uh, weren't consistent. And that's why I really just felt like I needed a plan. If somebody could just sit me down and say, do this, when the new subscriber joins, do this. And then if you can muster the courage, do it daily. And that took me a few months to start, but I did that for the first time last October. I did a daily email for the month of October. I said, I'll commit to 31 days of daily emails. And it was great. Everything that I thought would happen didn't. And everything you guys said would happen did happen. Open rates went up, click-through <laughs> rates went up, replies went up. Maybe every couple of weeks or every like three or four times a week, somebody reply back and say, great email. This really spoke to me. And I was like, oh, really? That was a story about my dog and you really liked it? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So was, were most of the emails you were doing before all of this, when you were saying you were sort of like, feel like you were ghosting them a little bit, was that mostly just like broadcast sent right now? Or are you doing any automations at all at that point? What was sort of going on? The only automation I had is when somebody downloaded a lead magnet, I would send them three days of emails trying to sell them the next relevant low ticket offer, trying to get that mythical, you know, self-liquidating offer to convert quickly to pay for the ad spend and I could scale from there. So what was really happening in my business was I was, making money asymmetrically, like they would opt in and I would hope they'd buy something later, might be six months later, but I was telling myself, I think this is happening because I would look at my ad spend and look at my revenues and making sure those numbers kind of made sense. But I had a, a mentor ask me, what is a new lead worth to you in the first 30 days? And I had no idea how I would even know that. And I was like, I, I don't know. And he's like, That's, that probably means it's not good. It's like, well, yeah, let's agree that it's not good. 
because I don't even know how to track that. And there just wasn't a strategy. So yeah, they would, they'd opt in, they'd get three emails and then whatever else I felt like promoting next. And that was it. I didn't have a lot of automations set up. I knew how to do it all. People hired me to do it for them and their business, but my business at home, I wasn't using a lot of automations. I'm really interested to tap into this idea that at some point, so there's loads of people out there who are sending emails to their list and therefore they're doing email marketing and they go, that's that box checked. I'm going to go and do my Facebook lives or webinars or this other thing I'm not doing because I'm doing email marketing. And you were doing email marketing, right? You were sending emails and that kind of thing. And it wasn't horrible results. What was it that made you think there, there must be something more to this? And therefore, I'm going to go and investigate, whether that's with the league or with some other other person's program. Like, what was it that made you go, actually, I think there might be more behind this. I could do more, better, different, something like that. I think the next phase from my sporadic email strategy for the first you know three years of online list building, that was phase one. And it was going OK. And the business was fine, to be clear. The business had been growing and it's people were coming to my events and they would sign up for my webinars and it was all fine. I had nothing really to complain about. But I just thought I'm spending this much money on Facebook ads and in growing my list each month. I, I just wish I had a better system. So that was phase one. Phase two was I implemented the system and tried the daily email strategy in October. And then even after that, I think November, December sent three or four emails a week, but was getting more comfortable with that practice of having the idea for the email, what the subject could be, how it related to an offer that would make sense. And, but even then I wasn't, I didn't indoctrinate people into that they would be getting a daily email. So phase two was like a new baby giraffe learning how to walk. They're like, yeah, that kind of looks like walking, but it's not quite the beautiful gate that God intended when he, when he created the giraffe. And so what I was missing between October and then about four months later in February, I finally, you guys don't know this, I finally made my getting to know you sequence. And I deleted, remember I said, when I had a new subscriber, I would send them three emails. I, I still sent the first one saying, here's your lead magnet. And tomorrow I'm going to tell you, you know, I teed up the getting to know you sequence. And that started in early February. And then I wrote an overture sequence. I wrote it all in one night. I just said, I got to get this knocked out. And I just did it all one night, told my wife, sorry, I'll be, be to bed late tonight. I'm going to be in my office. I've got to get this handled. And since then, what happened there was now when people join my list, they get their lead magnet. And then I tell them over the four day email series, one of the things I do is I send you a helpful piece of marketing advice every single day. And you're free to unsubscribe, but who wouldn't want a free piece of marketing advice like, like I learned? And since then, that's been more aligned. People know when they get my list, I told you I was in a daily email and guess what's going to happen tomorrow? You're going to get an email from me. And that now I, I really feel like I've hit my stride now by adding that, that component. I love it. So you've got your getting to know your sequence, which is your welcome sequence, and then straight into a direct sales sequence. One of ours is called the Overture, which is that one you've implemented there. So what sort of started happening as a result? You implemented, which is really important. People listen to this podcast, people join programs and stuff like that and don't implement. And, you know, it's a, it's a real shame, but you did. You got in, you implemented. What sort of, what, what results or what sort of things you start noticing that happen? So in January of this year, I made about 10 total low ticket sales. So it could be a workshop, mm -hmm. a low ticket resource, a $7 thing, different things I have that I'd made over the years. So I had 10. So about every three days, somebody would buy something. And in February, when I started my getting to know you sequence with that direct sales sequence as the, as the follow-up, uh, the number, I wrote it down, the numbers of sales I made in February. So it was 10 in January. It was 110 in February. And in March, it was 97. <laughs> so in the last two months, since I grabbed this data, that's 207 total low ticket sales. So an average of three and a half people per day coming into my world. I generate about 30 to 50 leads a day through primarily through Facebook ads and some, um, that, that's the main method. I'll just stick with that. So of uh, those 35 people on average, 
three and a half people are buying something on the front end. And so I spent, um, here's a little numbers for you. I spent $7,500 roughly in Facebook ads in the last two months and generated 10,669 in revenue. That's never happened to me before. Like I said, I make money asymmetrically. I believe if I can get a thousand new leads this month, within the next year, I'll make more money than I spent to acquire those thousand leads. But to be able to make that money back quickly increases my confidence and structure on the front end promotion. And then knowing I have a structure on the back end to be able to nurture them through that getting to know you sequence and then the direct sales thing. And then I'll invent something else to sell because I'll hear a great podcast episode and think, oh, I want to try that campaign. What do I have that fits how Rob and Kennedy are talking about that campaign? I'm going to try that one next. And then those people that have been opting in, you know, a couple, like a thousand people a month for the last few months. So 3000 people so far year to date that are new to my list and new, the new Cody, the new me with this email structure they're having chances to buy things. And from all indications now for the last 60 days, April's gone great as well. Um, it's working, which is great. I love it. I think one of the little things before Rob comes in is is what I want to just put a real button on this. Because you know your conversion numbers, because you know you can spend 7,500 and make almost 11, you know now you've got confidence in how much you can spend and continue growing your list. Yeah. Without these, uh, this ability, without these two very simple, not complicated, there's no clever logic in any of the campaigns you're talking about here. These are very linear, one email after another campaigns. You are confidently probably earning money before, before it goes out of your bank, honestly. Like most people run their Facebook ads by, okay, you get a, a few days grace from Facebook. Then if you put it on a credit card, it give yourself that 30-day turnaround period, which I know a lot of people run their Facebook ads that way. You're getting a return before the money leaves the bank, which means you're cash flow positive on building your list. And you can only continue building your list because you're in that position. Yeah, I mean, basically you've gone from being a business that effectively waited for the sales in six or 12 months time to wipe the ass of the money that you spent on ads today. And now that's all happening and taken care of, which is a beautiful you touched on some numbers there and i just want to say by the way going from 10 sales on average a month to like 200 no 100 sales a month on average 110 yes yeah. is unbelievable i mean that's i mean i've got a smile i can't get off my face because i knew there were numbers coming <laughs> but i didn't know what they were uh, and those yeah. are that, that's amazing is there any other like revenue numbers that you want to talk about just in terms of stuff that might be interesting again this is not a braggalicious podcast as you know but like just anything you want to share yeah, definitely. So I ran a campaign. So here's a funny story. There was a, a coach. Here's, here's how I do things. I'll find things I want to buy. It could be a coach. It could be a program. It could be a, a MacBook Pro. It could be something. And go, well, I've got to now go make the revenue. I'll make it a game. So I wanted to hire this mentor and it was going to be $10,000 for one day of consulting. And so I moved a few things around and I paid for most of it, but I was came up short a little bit. It was like $3,000 short. And I thought there's got to be something. There's got to be something I've got, a new promotion I can make, a new campaign I can run. I was listening back to old podcast episodes and rifling through some of the trainings and the resources that were available to me. And so I pulled one out that's called the Time Lord campaign and uh, ran that specific campaign. And that campaign generated $3,258, in however long that campaign takes. Like It was like a week, but it was late December. I was running out of time. I was like, this is like, let's do like an end of year kind of sale. And there's a countdown clock and there's some incentive to sign up by a certain time. And I got, I made that amount of revenue. And then um, it was funny with that guy that had that fee for consulting. He said, uh, here's wire instructions. And I thought wire instructions, I was just going to use a credit card and deal with this later. I got to wire you the money. All right. There's got to be something in here. And so that's how I came up with that, that strategy and that campaign. And that's a cool thing about being in this community and, and knowing you guys and learning from you on the, on the podcast and in the membership as well. 
it's made me want to make more offers. So sometimes I'll think of an offer first and go, how can I promote that with email? But more often than not, I'll hear another success story like Dan Grief or somebody else coming up and saying, what was the promotion that they used? I'll learn the promotion and study it and say, okay, now what can I sell? So I've become more in the habit of being more proactive with my marketing, of making better offers, of being, being more creative with how I'm offering resources to my community, increasing their upsells and average order value through some of the trainings and stuff as well. And so it's gotten me more creative. And that's why I, I, I'm trying to temper my real feelings about being in the league, but it's been very, very helpful for me. And it's the, like the most actionable content of a thing that I've been a part of there. I said it. <laughs> I love that. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to ask the question, but I'm dying to ask I, by my maths. You had like $258 left over. I want to know what you spent that on, but never mind. Uh, that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, so for people listening to this now, how would you say that you feel about your email marketing now compared to like back in the day? I feel great about it. So I've been emailing uh, every day now since the beginning of the year. So it's, I haven't missed a day. They don't always go out when I ideally would have them go out. Sometimes they go out at night. Sometimes they go out in the evening, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes early in the morning. Today's email went out first thing in the morning because I had a, a thought I wrote it last night. But now there's this discipline of collecting the dots and then connecting the dots. So collecting stories and experiences that happen in my day and then connecting that to something that might be relevant for my audience that also gets to show some personality. So last night, my family and I were watching a Marvel show and my youngest son, Ben, is 11 years old and anything even mildly, slightly scary, a little bit dark room, a little bit spooky music, he covers his eyes. He puts both hands over his eyes and he peeks through them. And so I told that short story and said, I wonder how many marketers approach their funnels that way, where you just publish it and you just cover your eyes real quick because you can't look. And I wrote that email last night on the couch. It was, I don't know how many words, it was one of my shorter emails. It was very quick, but I just love that it's almost like working out a muscle. I've worked out that muscle enough to collect those stories. And I use Asana, uh, just a free app to collect. It's called content marketing ideas. And that's it. I just notice something will happen. I document it. And then later on, I'll, if I get stuck like two nights ago, I thought I got to write my email for today, but I'm a little bit stuck. I went to that Asana. I had like 30 ideas. I deleted a couple. I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. Those are horrible ideas. But then I found one. I was like, oh, that's a great one. And I used that prompt that I had thought of, you know, two weeks prior to write the email for that day. So that amount of confidence for me is great. I'm hosting a live event this week. And so I'm getting lots of live feedback from people. It's an online live event. And so many people said, I love your emails. And to me, I'm dismissive. Like you like my silly stories about being a dad that lives on a cul-de-sac with three sons that likes to go camping, that has a retired racing greyhound that's afraid to walk on wood floors. Like they're like, yeah, we feel like we know you. Like we know about your life. And we knew that your wife was out of town because you mentioned it and that you made the kids pizza for breakfast. And those stories that you told, we like that. <laughs> And that is, it's so fulfilling to get that feedback from people. They don't know. I don't think people know how much that means to you. So here's an action item for the listeners. If you ever get anybody's email and you like their story or you feel some kind of connection, just hit reply. It means the world to people like us that are sending lots of emails. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and in terms of speaking of the listeners, what's the one action you feel like you would encourage people to take that because it's had the most impact on the way you're doing your email marketing or the, the action you've taken in your email marketing that's had a lot of a lot of impact. I would have to say just getting rid of that idea for perfection. And I've mentioned I've used Infusionsoft or Keep now forever. I've never sent a split test of a subject line ever. I, I know how to. I've, I've, I encourage people to do it. I've just never done it. So that was one of those prickly things. I thought I have to be perfect. I can't send an email until I've got the landing page optimized and I've got my conversion rate, open rate, click, 
click tricks thing finalized and my split testing of the subject lines and do I use a picture or not? And I don't have that super signature ready yet. That third link's not live, so I can't do that yet. And it was just all this head trash, this garbage, this these false beliefs about everything had to be directly in order for me to send an email. And that's em embarrassing to admit because that's kind of what my whole book was about or my whole podcast is about. It's like, just do it. Just go get, I don't know, a mic, use the ones that came with your cell phone and sit in your closet and record a podcast. You don't have to be perfect. So I say all those things and they're like, well, cool. What about your email? Well, my emails have to be perfect. I'm like, <laughs> obviously, no, they don't. You hypocrite, send one, you know? So it was just getting in the discipline of sending it and kind of like my kid watching a Marvel show with, with my hands over my eyes and hitting send, like, is this going to blow up? Are people going to hate me? Are they going to reply back and mm. say I'm an idiot and unsubscribe and screenshot it and post it on Twitter and make fun of me? No, none of that's ever happened. I've just only gotten <laughs> you know positive vibes from people that read the email. So my advice would be to, to send an email with no judgment and hit publish with confidence. It's not going to be as bad as your imagination tells you it might be. What do you want to do next with your email? Oh man, so much. So I, I, again, I, sometimes I think about new promotions, like I'm hosting a live event in a few months and I was talking to Kennedy last week and he said, Hey, there's a, there's a campaign that can help you. It's how we sold out our magician events. And then I got an email recently that was from you guys about um, virtual summits. And I've been talking with a friend about co-hosting a virtual summit soon. And so I'm committed to the daily emails. It's that persuasion difference in wanting and deciding. I went from wanting to send more emails to deciding to send a daily email. And that, that switch that was flipped in my brain is just something that's going to happen every day. I'm going to find a way to send an email to my email list. I've got that going. I feel like I've cured that disease. Like that's happening. So what's <laughs> next? And I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if it's a virtual summit, if it's promoting my, my live event. I love the idea, all these sales, I mentioned 207 sales in the last two months, the average order value is $51.54, which is fine. No judgment about that. Is it higher? Is it low? It doesn't matter, but I wish it was higher. So now I'm thinking, well, what, what else? Maybe I need to redo some of those higher ticket advisory offers and go through that um, with some different trainings and things like that. So uh, I don't have a really clear answer for you. I like this summit idea. I've got the live event penciled in on my dry erase board on the, on the wall and uh and considering some high ticket stuff just as to mix up the low ticket with the high ticket stuff up next and, and do you really feel like your email marketing is sort of taken over your life and it's taken up a, a load of your time because you've got you've got kids you've got a partner you've got all this stuff going on you've got your wife you've got all these things do you feel like you're there on the couch writing writing a blooming email does that mean it's just taken over your time is it not how does it fit in no it takes probably 20 minutes a day because I have those ideas. What, what would have taken forever is if I had to sit there and think of an idea. But now once you do it so often, like anything, like going to the gym or like recording a podcast or writing a blog or writing an email or doing push-ups or whatever, like I know how to do this. I've done this a bunch. This muscle is toned and I'm not injured and this is going to work. And so last night was a rare example where we were watching a show to be clear that I had already seen my wife was out of town last week. She wanted to watch it last night. So I wasn't being rude dad on his laptop on the couch. I'd already seen the show. I knew how it ended. Um, but I noticed my kid doing that. I thought that's kind of a funny story. Like people will, I can tell people I got a kid and I like Marvel movies and shows and a little bit insight into our, into our life. Um, and so no, no, it takes me, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes a day to write it out. And I don't do a lot of editing. I don't, you know, I don't hire an editor to proofread everything. I make sure there's not any crazy typos and I hit send and, uh, and I love it. And I do, I do it every day. I don't, I don't um, batch them. I don't write them all on one day. Um, some people probably do that. that. That sounds fine too. I just feel like they're more in the moment of what happened that day or what happened yesterday. 
There's an excellent book I've heard you guys reference to called, I think it's, is it story selling or story worthy? What's story, the book? Worthy. story worthy. Story worthy. Yeah. Love that book. Yeah. It kind of talks about some of these concepts too, like what's worth talking about in your day and how can we build connection with people? So no, it takes me 10 or 20 minutes a day to get the email sent out. Amazing. Mate, right. I've loved watching every step of this journey so far, and I'm so excited for everything that you're going to do going forward. Like just watching your growth with email since you got involved with this stuff is is just epic. For people who want to find out more about you, maybe they want to find out more about this funnels and ads thing. Um, tell us, how do we find you? Where do we go? Yeah, all the website stuff is at codybirch.com. If you enjoy the one-hour funnel idea, how to quickly build high converting funnels, that's at onehourfunnel.com. You can get a free copy of that book there and some more resources there. I love it. Thank you so much. Rob, we're going to go into this week's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay, what have you got? So this one is the words, can't stop watching these videos on loop. Uh, One of the things that I try and do quite a lot is to sort of um, refer to something as if it's going to be in the email, like as if the thing I'm talking about is in the email, but not in a way that makes them feel scammed or ripped off when they get into the email and it's not. So a really great example of this is back in the day, the famous mattress email I talk about a lot was uh, the subject line was what's in this box and a little emoji of a emoji of a box. Remember they used to be called emoticon. Do you remember? Do you remember back in the MSN Messenger days? Uh, a little emoji con, I nearly said. A little box emoji, right? And again, people are sort of expecting a picture of the box, maybe, or a little video of the box. And there isn't one. It's just I'm describing a box. So this was me talking about the addiction of TikTok. The fact that you know you see a TikTok, you can't help but just stop watching it on loop and loop and loop, and then flick the next one, watch that one on loop. And so that was uh, that was it. So constant. So it's sort of hinting that there might be a thing for them to look at inside the email. And then when they get there, you're just describing it, and then you go into the lesson and the offer as we normally would. So can't stop watching these videos on loop subject line of the week subject line of the week well it's been amazing chatting to our mate cody birch on the show and hearing about his journey if you want to hear more about the league and see and literally actually not just see but go and use the exact campaigns the exact resources the training and the systems that cody is talking about that transformed his journey with with his email marketing go and check out the full listings of everything that's involved over at theleaguemembership.com theleaguemembership.com all the details are there for you and uh, that's it for this week thank you so much for listening to the whole show make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast player if you haven't already and we'll be back next week with another episode see you then bye bye